This is Team Time, your weekly Q&A session to building better teams and leadership practices. This series of episodes is part of the Better Teams podcast, hosted by me, Vincent, and Max. Thank you for being here with us. Have a good listening. Hi, Max. Hi, Vincent. Hi, everyone. Okay, so Max, today you told me you wanted to talk about a particular topic. What is it? I had this conversation with a friend of mine yesterday, and uh, he was asking me about okay, what's going on with the podcast and what are we trying to achieve, actually, because he only found out about it now. So we started to talk about our first experience as, uh, as managers. And uh, yeah, the first thing which came out from both of us was, okay, apprendre sur le tas which in French means learning on the go. And we started to discuss about, okay, what's the positive aspect of that and what is the negative aspect of that. I thought it was worth a debate today. Okay. I'm curious to know, what was your first experience like, actually? Well, my first experience as a, as a people manager, uh, I was in a startup, or let's say uh, an SME, a small company in the space industry. So for me, I was lucky because um, I got to build the entire department myself, so the whole software department, so I could hire everyone in the team. So I had this kind of progression. Although it went fast, I still had this step, you know, I didn't end up with a, a team of 10 people right away, right? So I had to build that team. It was a very progressive thing, if I can say it like this. Yeah, it was a, a lot of learning on the go because um, well, the, the, the company was still very young. So it was very entrepreneurial, so to speak. So yeah, a lot of learning on the go. I can I can imagine that. Was it a problem for you at that time? Or did you feel enough support from the team? Or what, um, what, what well, lessons I, do you take away from this experience? Well, at the time, I didn't know any better, to be honest. So yeah. uh, I was reading a lot of stuff you know, for myself. Um, Harvard Business Review was already uh, quite a reference. So I was uh, reading a lot of stuff from that. But it was mostly watching the other ones doing it. But uh, most of them were just as young as I was. So um, yeah, it was purely learning on the go. It seems to be quite okay as an experience, even quite good. I mean, I think the company is still existing today. So it didn't, it didn't <laughs> uh, fall apart. So what makes you think now, when you think about training on the go, training on the job, that it's not the best option or not a particularly good option? for training managers because in my mind and I don't want to be the devil's advocate here or maybe a little bit but I feel like there is a lot of good reasons to, to train on the job if you take for example the fact that for a company if you train on the job as a manager you do your actual job so you don't waste any time if I can say it that way it's very practical you are really rooted into the, the job situation and the job context uh, you learn by doing your task there is less effect on production if you're already managing people then you're doing the job while learning learning how to do it and it's, it's probably less expensive right so why would you be quite I don't want to say against uh, learning by doing, but why do you think it's not the best option? No, no, I'm, I'm not against it because uh, I went through it myself and I think it turned out well. Where I'm a bit more negative, it's when it comes, you know, as a, as really as a cost-saving option or a time-saving option. Let's say your boss doesn't have time to, to coach you into this new position, so just assume, okay, you can just do it and learn by yourself because, by the way, that's what I did myself. That's where it's a bit dangerous because um, it's a very good way to learn, but it can also be a very expensive way. Although it, you, you may think of it as a, as a cost-saving and time-saving, when it's about people, it can have very, very dire consequence. Let's say you're a first-time manager and, uh, you know, you don't know how to handle a team, you know, you don't know how to have the proper one-on-one -on -one conversations, you know, talking about conflicts within the team. And as a result of that, someone in the team might be leaving. This person is quitting the company. I mean, this has an impact on this person, on you, on the company, on the team. It's quite big, right? I think in that situation, probably you could have benefited from quite some coaching, maybe some theoretical learning mm -hmm. to avoid this situation or at least recognize the sign of such a situation because every situation is unique, but you can learn the sign and also yeah. what to do about it. 
it or what to do to prevent this to happen in the first place. Yeah, because there is a lot at stake, obviously. Um, yeah. I think you, you, you're emphasizing something important here that uh, learning on the go or learning on the job is an issue when it means learning without assistance, uh, without coaching. And it's very often the case. What would you recommend? What do you think would be important when you want to train good managers, good people managers? I think it has to be a combination of things. So learning on the go is definitely one of them. But the other one is really to uh, attach this person to a coach or a mentor. So someone that person can learn from. I think that's very important. But also to encourage that person to, to educate himself or herself into this new role. So that means joining groups, maybe on, on social media, uh, joining events, uh, listening to podcasts like this one, for instance. So all these things are all suitable options, right, to, to learn and to complement what you would learn by doing it on the go. So actually... If I get you well, you mean that the responsibility for developing people into their new role as a people manager is not entirely on the manager's manager. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I mean, someone who's been appointed uh, people manager I mean, should also take uh, his or her career in his own hands, right? So yeah. you should educate yourself. You should learn about uh, about this new job because you need to love that job. I mean, it involves people, right? So if this job doesn't give you energy... It, it's very likely that you're going to be a bad people manager. So you have to be very careful with that. So you need to be interested. And by being interested, it means you will be attracted by, by literature on that, um, on that topic. You'll be listening to podcasts. You'll be watching videos, maybe. You know, there's a lot of online courses also that you can take. You know? yeah. So all of this, you know, are self-initiative. Of course, you should go to your manager and say, well, I want to learn more about this. You know, that's really your, in that case, I would say your initiative. But of course, on the other side, your manager should encourage that, should already have prepared a development path for you, maybe together with an HR business partner. But actually, I'm very curious because you as a former teacher, you know, how far do you think that the theoretical education, which is also very common in France, mm -hmm. uh, can bring you, you know, the pure theoretical aspect? How close can it bring you to the to the actual uh, experience that, that you need to have? That's a trick question because it's true that in France, we tend to really value education, the degree you have, even though it was sometimes 15, 20, 30 years ago. And many in many countries, you tend to think it doesn't mean anything anymore because you have a you had a lot of experience but um, I think what's interesting to keep in mind is that you can have all the knowledge you want it's interesting it's your background it's like a backpack you can dig into it but the most important is what you do with it what you can be able to select and to apply in your everyday job you have that theory four stages of learning from uh, David Kolb when you learn on the job you always come from a first step a first stage which is concrete experience Regarding to that, it doesn't really matter the level of knowledge you have. You're going to experience something, uh, which is interesting if I remember it well. This concrete experience, it can be just reading in a book. So this is really theoretical or experiencing, experimenting something for real. And of course, the more you experiment for real, the best it is for you to learn. You need to be confronted to real situations as much as possible. That's the first stage, concrete experience. The second stage is observation and reflection. This is an important stage. And for this stage, I don't think you should be alone. So this is interesting because when we talked about at the beginning that you need some sort of coaching, some sort of assistant, even if it's just peer-to-peer -peer coaching or finding a mentor, at that stage, the point is, the goal is to translate real life experience into lesson, into training. At that stage, you actively, you consciously look back and reflect you do some kind of a retrospective of what you did and actually for listeners curious about what a retrospective is and how to do it better uh, we have a previous episode about that topic uh, specifically so first concrete experience second observation and reflection third you form you create a theory 
your question originally was about uh, what do you do? How far do you go with theory? Well, you start from concrete, you observe and reflect, and then you can form a theory on how to deal with the situation in the best way. So here you are more at the conceptual stage. And again, it's important, it's interesting to have a mentor here to help you see through what you've been through. So you shape a theory, a set of rules, like how you want to behave from that situation. And the fourth stage uh, is experimenting. So it's kind of a field test, if you want to to say it that way. Uh, So the more you know, the best it is, only if you're able to put that in perspective and reflect upon it. From what I hear from what you said, huh? Yeah. Somehow it feels like still theoretical education can help you identify patterns, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe recognizing certain situations. I mean, for instance, Harvard Business School, they use a lot of um, business cases, you know, and specific case studies, right? So uh, with certain situations, sometimes fictional, sometimes real. It's very, very interesting. And uh, by reading this and trying to understand how to approach that situation, you can probably create some kind of pattern in your mind that, okay, when I'm facing that kind of situation, this is probably what I should be doing, right? Yeah, it rings a bell. I think the pattern thing is very important because I think that's what you develop, you know, when you you become... uh, people manager it's uh you recognize situations you recognize okay i've i've been dealing with something similar in the past and this is probably what what works out you know and that's why you know we usually say that uh we are coaching people from the trenches i like to use that term because it's really okay based on our experience you know okay this is what we've done with teams and this worked and this didn't doesn't mean that the science is perfect behind doesn't mean the theory is perfect behind it's just that this is how we experienced it this this was the outcome so there's probably something to learn from it right Mm. so um yeah it's it's a very i think this mix is very important you know if you're only learning on the go then you're going to build up your experience by yourself but at the expense of your team somehow but if you do it purely theoretically um first of all it will not be your experience you're going to be learning from someone else's experience entirely so it's not going to be enough for you to create your own patterns so there's really a a balance to be found right and uh, that's why i'm not at all against learning on the go i'm against it when it's just the easy way out for um for the manager's manager so to speak right yeah yeah i don't have time to train you and this is how i got trained so it's probably going to work out for you of course there's also the responsibility of the of the person eh, who just got promoted like i said earlier you also you're responsible for learning also you know to to go and and find someone to be a mentor maybe that person won't be in the company i mean now you know everything is global everything is virtual you can find someone you can approach someone and say look i mean uh, i would like to learn more about this and uh, i would like to you know to pick your brain from time to time about how to deal with things i think those are easy and free initiatives you are listening to the better teams podcast thank you i hope you enjoy it did you know that my co-host max is very active on youtube He produces weekly videos to share practical content for first-time leaders directly from his extensive experience. If you'd like to discuss management and leadership topics, you should definitely check it out. Go to Max Castera on YouTube, after this episode, of course. But for now, let's go back to our conversation. To go back to what you just said about recognizing patterns, it's interesting because in the previous episode that you can find in our um, Better Teams podcast channel, when I discussed with Sigrid, for example, she she went back to the fact that one of the pillars to, for effective learning is that learning is cumulative. So you accumulate things and the more patterns you can recognize, the more you see it in real life, the more you learn, the more you accumulate things. And it, it becomes clear for you and you, you you actually have a really effective learning experience and you become better, you improve. And that's how you build up experience, I think. And I wanted to add one thing about, to me, the difference 
between learning on the job as a way to say, yeah, it's up to you, do your own thing, learn by yourself. And what is known as on-the-job training, which is something very serious, very official, it's actually a way to learn as well. It relies on a few important principles that are first that you need to adapt situations. It's better if you can ad- if you can have adapted situations to the learning. It's not always possible, but it's best. You have to make sure that the learner is making choices, is making decisions. Otherwise, it doesn't have any, any interest, any impact. Another pillar is that you have to make sure that the learner is feeling like his work is valuable and he's bringing some value to the team, uh, to the organization. Another one is that the learner must be able to make mistakes and learn from them. If you cannot make any mistake, you cannot learn. The environment is not safe and you're not going to grow. There must be some kind of progression as well in learning, progression that you can set with a mentor or your manager, anybody willing to, to check on you. And there must be effective feedback as well. We won't go into details into feedback because we have a special episode about that episode 5 if you're interested in delivering better feedback check out this episode so max i wanted to ask you as well I and mean, i know one of the reasons you strongly advocate for training managers well is that you always say that companies should recruit people slightly less skilled slightly less knowledgeable of the position. Can you tell us why and can you elaborate a bit on that? Well, the reason is very simple, is that if you hire someone who's been doing that exact same job for the last five years, so is fully competent for this for this job, it's very likely that six months from now, a year from now, this person is going to be bored because that person is already mastering the role, right? And probably wants to grow further. So you're not giving that person any favor and also the same for your organization because it means within six months or one year, you're going to have to find a replacement for that person and find a development path for that person. So it's always good to bring someone in who's slightly, slightly underqualified for that position so that this person can learn together with you. That person can can learn the job but also the culture together with you. You can expect at least uh, two, three years of development within the company. Yeah, and I guess with that, if you have the feeling that you're growing into the company, you feel happier and you feel more attached to the company as well. Of course, you're, you're more fulfilled and, uh, and you can really build something, right? Don't look for a ship with five legs. Yeah. It's going to use it to run, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's true. What about small structures? Because, I mean, I can imagine that some people maybe are listening to us thinking, yeah, it's great, okay, yeah, training people, great, I'd like to do that. But uh, when you are a very small structure or a startup like you, you've started that when you're younger, what can you do actually to, if you really still want to dedicate some effort and you really believe that training managers is important, uh, what can you do, what should you do? If you're a small structure, let's say you're a small business owner or it's a startup and everything is quite recent and maybe there's not enough money to, to train people into you know expensive trainings or curriculum or in-house things, well, you can always draft a curriculum just for yourself together with that person, you know, on, okay, this is, these are the skills that you should be developing. These are interesting online resources. These are an interesting podcast. This is an interesting video. This is an interesting book. You can craft this, you know, together and uh, actually for, as the company grows, uh, the next person coming in, in a similar role will be able also to expand this curriculum that you've created. I think that's very interesting to do. It doesn't have to to cost a lot of money. It just has to be really thoughtful, you know, something that together you've uh, you've thought about. And this, you know, this knowledge base will increase. I think that's a, that's a very good alternative. You know, what you learn on the go can then become the theoretical knowledge for someone else. We've been told, okay, don't touch something hot because you're going to burn yourself, right? My parents never told me, okay, go and touch that stuff, you know, so that then, then you will understand that it's hot. I mean... <laughs> 
there are certain things that you can prevent, right? There's certain yeah. things you can already explain. So explaining someone, okay, when you see a situation like this, you know, this is probably how you should think about it, you know. This you can create together, this kind of knowledge base, this kind of internal curriculum together with your employees. You don't need to be a very big company with a super cool in-house program, which is really close to an MBA and things like that. You can create that together. I think it's very powerful because you, you really use the on-the-go experience to create a theoretical knowledge base that you can then apply it to new colleagues. It's interesting, the example of kids, because I've read before, again, my, my interest in um, educational topics, uh, that often when people think about learning on the job, learning on the go, learning by doing, they promote the fact that they highlight the fact that it's how kids learn, which is actually not that true. But I mean, I mean, I don't have kids, but you do, Max, so maybe you, you can have uh, testimonies about that as well. But uh, if you take the example of learning how to bike, for example, there is a whole process here. It's a really an ass assistive process that you get assisted with wheels and you decide when you can get them out you test you try you learn maybe you fall uh, you put them again so when we say that kids learn by themselves and human being uh, should be able to do that all their lives it's not necessarily true you need to have some kind of assistance uh, what i believe is you always learn alone in the end but you need other people to support you and to help you and to challenge you even better yeah i think you said something very important here you know when you described it right riding a bike because it's a complex process so of course in that situation you need to help your kid to to ride the bike but you cannot help your kid walking for instance so that's a much more basic thing that they're, they're gonna have to learn by themselves right they're really learning by doing you know there's no human being who give up on walking i mean unless you have a physical condition of course so what i want to say by that is um experience is the um, is the main source of uh, of learning but you can also cut corners when you already know how to cut them see what i mean yeah it's uh letting your kid trying to figure out how to ride a bike yeah probably eventually the, the kid will learn it's gonna you know the kid is gonna hurt himself or herself and yeah well, they will learn but is this really necessary to me a theoretical training for instance is the small wheels on the bike i think maybe it's a misunderstanding from many people but what what a coach or what a mentor should mainly be doing or the real the real value of a mentor or a coach is not necessarily about how much he can teach you guide you how much things he can provide you but it's a lot more about how well he can listen to you the value of the questions he can ask you or she can ask you to make sure that he or she will reveal what you actually need and help you improve it's not so much about what you can teach you know a lot and maybe your your manager a new trainee knows a lot as well i mean hopefully but it's really about your ability to provide the coachy or the new manager with what he or she needs and that you need to reveal it it depends on the situation it depends on the challenge um, that you want to bring that person to the next level for that you need to ask a lot of questions actually and and listen to the person a lot so maybe to to conclude huh? for the first time managers listening if you feel like you're not getting the right support from your organization in your new role as a people manager and that you've been asking maybe for trainings or things like that, try to propose a curriculum that you've crafted maybe yourself at first, where you propose some resources, where you propose some people you would like to talk to maybe inside the organization, maybe outside before which you will require some time and approach your manager with this in mind, you know, with this list with you, with this curriculum with you. And it will be much easier to ask for dedicated time to work on that. And who knows, you may be triggering something which will become part of your culture in the future. 
So um, don't hesitate to go to your manager with these kind of things. I cannot imagine it cannot be welcome. For first-time managers and newly appointed managers, you can also join a LinkedIn group that Max and I recently created. It's simply called First-Time Managers. Just request to join. Anybody can join. Trainees, first-time managers, even more seasoned professionals if you want to get involved uh, in the discussion. We want to make it a great welcoming place to share resources, learning, lessons, questions as well, and maybe even promote and boost uh, peer-to-peer coaching be great okay if you don't want to add anything uh, thank you thank you thank you for listening to this team time episode of the better teams podcast one last word from me to invite you to go to the youtube channel simply called better teams with max and vince go check out our videos there is additional original content there and remember to subscribe it's very important that way you can help our content to reach and help more people thanks a lot i'll be seeing you on youtube then and in the next episode 